What is going on, everyone? Welcome aboard another episode of the New York to Philly Connection podcast. I am your host, Smitty, and you can find me on Twitter at Smidley Diddley. And got a lot to get o- go over for the past couple weeks. I've been away doing some things that make me happy, but unfortunately, the Yankees have not been one of them. Uh, amongst a six-game slide right now, I'll get into the Yankees uh, as I always do. I'll take a trip around the league again, like I always do. Um, and a couple of weeks ago at this point, I've been, I was talking about going over the nationals prospects. They acquired at the deadline all the weeks ago and I'll go into a lot. It's it's right now I'm recording. It's the, it's Friday, the September 10th. So tomorrow is September 11th. So it's the subway series, 20 year anniversary of nine 11 and everything. So we'll talk about that as well. Am I right? Without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so as you all know, the Yankees are on a six-game losing streak. The team has not looked this terrible in quite some time. Um, I remember when they were on a 13-game winning streak, and Everything was right in the world, and they were on top of the um, top of the wild card standings, and now they're barely hanging on with a shred of hope. And it just the the offense has just become anemic. It's terrible. They can't score any runs, and they haven't had a lead the entire time in this this Blue Jays recent series. They haven't had a lead. It was the first time that they were swept at home since nineteen twenty four. They lost four games at home against the Washington Senators, which then also shows you how long it's been. Um, and they never held a lead. It's the first time that they've ever been ever done that since 1924. And they've had 1,254 game series since then. So just to put that all into perspective, um, it's just injuries are happening and it's not just COVID injuries now. It's actual physical injuries, whether it's the guys getting sit because they're just getting taxed at this point or or if it's an actual serious injury which some of them seem to be so yeah i don't even know where to start where to go with this it's just i'm not even again i'm not even going to talk about the offensive statistics just because there isn't any to talk about like the 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 lineup has had inconsistencies throughout it and boone's decisions now are just not they're they're going the other way they before a while ago they were he he's made questionable decisions, but they all that for a large portion when they were winning, they all worked out. So we all shut the hell up. Now the decisions he makes and the lineups he puts together don't exactly scream that we want to win and we we can win. He they were they refused to put out the the lineup that they have that they could be an amazing top to bottom one to nine team. And part of it, it's it, Torres not playing well, DJ not playing well. Um, Gio hasn't been himself since he came off the IL. So it, it's just been they, – they refuse to put Voight at DH in a lot of a lot of situations now. So now he tends to struggle other than, other than the home run he hit last night. But, I mean, there was a drop in the pan when they already were down by a lot. And it's just a – it's just getting annoying. Um, the, the only bright spots I saw in the series really were Rizzo and Sanchez doing anything they can do to help the team win. Um, but I, hopefully 
we'll light some sage. We'll we'll say a prayer, and and maybe this will all start to turn around. I mean, maybe the spirit of uh of what what was felt on nine eleven will kind of help in in infect this team and give some life into it. I mean, Tyone went to the IL. He has a minor tear in his ankle, and he received an a, an injection, a, a plasma rich injection, and. Boone hopes he's being super optimistic, thinks he's only going to miss one start. Um, and he might just re- need his minimal 10 days on the IL. <sighs> I mean, he was pitching so well. He kind of started to hit a slide a little bit the past couple weeks uh, with the last few starts and stuff like that. He's kind of slid down a little, but he hasn't pitched in two years. So we're, I was kind of taking it off as rust. Um. Hopefully this issue hasn't been lingering and he didn't make it worse from pitching on it uh, in those past couple starts that really weren't his best. But the the four likeliest candidates that would take the, the his one spot in the rotation or potentially if, if this becomes a serious matter, the other times is turned to the rotation, which uh, Andrew Heaney, please, God, no, don't just I, I want him DFA'd at this point. It was a stupid move to begin with. Um, one that could have went one or two ways and it's really gone the way that no one wanted it to go. Um, he doesn't seem to be an elite reliever. He doesn't seem to be a good starting pitcher. Um, hopefully whoever they sent the guys that they sent to, to Anaheim really don't pan out because that's, it seems like it's a really big L for, for cash on that one. Um, uh, but I don't even want him on the bullpen. I want him gone. I mean, I would love to see him DFA'd and then they bring back Michael King to have him. He's supposed to be coming off the 60 day IL uh, this weekend. And right now he's only worked to three innings. Uh, It was his last start in uh, AAA. And hopefully he'll be there in the bullpen to kind of give them some innings and some some life. Um, Another guy is Clark Schmidt. Um, His last start was September 4th. So he lines up to start today potentially um, they could push him back another day and have him start on Saturday. Cause that's really the spot that they're trying to take in the line in the uh, rotation. So he could be the next candidate. Um, and also Debbie Garcia. Boone already kind of pushed this down. He's been with the taxi squad for the Yankees for a little bit now, um, but he just hasn't been himself that he was in last year in triple a this year. He's just there changing with his mechanics and it's it's ruining him and, and hopefully it doesn't stick uh hopefully next year with a fresh slate he can kind of get his head clear and pitch a little bit better but uh, the one i want to see would really be clark schmidt i mean he, in his small sample size of him coming into the bigs he wasn't really that great but he's been great when he was in triple a during his rehab and stuff like that so um he was also on the 60-day IL, IL and hurt because he was trying to over-impress for the Yankees uh, in spring training. So I, he's the one that I would like to see. I'd also like King to come in just to kind of give some bullpen help and because he could go multiple innings. He could potentially be like that Laza type going two innings or whatever. Not saying that he's going to be as good as Lasagna has been. Uh, it was another one also that went on the IL. Um, and again, there it's another one that he might be gone for the year. His season might be in doubt uh, with a shoulder strain. They're hoping he can come back in a couple weeks. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, the bullpen needs him. The bottom bottom line. Uh, Haney and Jolie Rodriguez—they're just—they're not cutting it for this team. The Sal Romano—they're they, not. 
they're not right for the team. Um, I want to see, I, w- I want to see King. I want to see uh, Schmidt come up and, and do something and, and hopefully uh, Laza could come back and, and really help the team and, and be healthy in for the playoff run. That could hopefully happen. Um, and speaking of injuries, as I've been on the, on the train, another one is Britain. Uh, he had a bone chip removed from his elbow. And then while they were doing that, they also did Tommy John surgery. I guess why not? You're there just kind of one-stop shop, get it all taken care of. But <laughs> I, I don't know how they missed that. I, it would explain, I guess, why he's been pitching really badly. He's been hurt all season, but now this also puts 22 in doubt for him. So it looks like his Yankee career could potentially be over. Um, his contract's up at the end of 22 and it doesn't doesn't really look like he's going to pitch next year. Uh, Tommy John usually takes about over a year to to get yourself together. So uh, hopefully he gets himself together just for himself because um, he's a good dude. No doubt about it. It's just this was a bad year and it's it sucks that this is going to be this could potentially be his last time pitching for the Yankees like this is that's not how you want to go out. But. Oh God, it's just all these injuries. And then Cole left his start with a tight hamstring and luckily he's been since throwing and hopefully he may, he can make his start early next week. They're hoping that he can, but um, another, another thing I want to really start to see out of this team, other than obviously timely hitting and, and the bullpen, I really want this rotation to go longer into games. Um, they consistently have been going four or five innings and not really and they're going into the bullpen too early and taxing these guys and running up their arm and it's not working. It's, it's catching up to them now too. That's, that's really what I, what I think is happening. Um, all these innings that this, the bullpen has been doing, it's not good. You need them to have another, they, you could do this in the postseason because they're going to have that the rest of the off season to kind of fix themselves and help and get themselves right for the 2022. But in the tail end of the season, like, I mean, you shouldn't have been using these guys the way you've been using them. Um, that the, it, it starts with Kluber. I mean, his past couple starts, four innings pitched, 3.2 innings pitched. And listen, I know he's coming back from injury also, and I know he didn't do a lot of time in in, in, in stretching himself out in, in rehab, but, I mean, the guy's got to get – guy's got to go into the sixth inning. I mean, he, he just needs to go deeper into these games, get through the fifth inning at least. And he he looks electric for the first like one or two innings, and then it's just the wheels fall off right after that. So it's I mean, God, what else? Like what? I, it, yeah. On the bright, I'll get, I'll stop talking all doom and gloom. Uh, I'm gonna try this make a more uplifting podcast. But um, holy hell, I feel old because Derek Jeter is in the Hall of Fame. Um, Listen to his speech. Listen to Larry Walker's speech. They were great. Uh, it's really cool seeing uh, Jeter go out and throw shade at the one, <laughs> the one baseball writer that said he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. But say what say what you will about his defensive metrics, and really, if you think he was the best player or best short, shortstop of our generation or not, but screw you, he clearly was. First ballot Hall of Famer. He's in there. Um, just a great dude, and hopefully he can give the Yankees some talent from the uh, the Marlins as he heads their front office now. But enough of that. The upcoming now for the Yankees is a Subway Series. Uh, it's also the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Um, it's pretty cool because the, the Mets 
the Reds did a lot because they tend, they were home when when everything started happening and the Yankees are just starting to go on to a road trip. So it wasn't really the Mets did a lot for not to say the Yankees did neither, but the Mets were really the ones that were kind of front and center with the relief effort and helping with everything. Um, so it's pretty cool that Bobby Valentine is going to throw out the first pitch to Joe Torre. Uh, Mike Piazza is going to be there and other Mets are going to be there that were influential during that during the time and everything. Um so the the celebration on Saturday is going to be incredible. I can't wait to watch it. Um, hopefully, the Yankees are the ones that come out with the with the W. But I wouldn't be surprised if if the Mets pull out some magic and <laughs> end up sweeping the Yankees out of this too. But at least going into it, I mean, the Mets are also limping, um, having just lost the series to the Marlins. But can't can't limp as bad as the Yankees have been limping, and. I mean, just one one last thing I want to talk about with this Yankee team is and the season on a whole is just how much of a roller coaster it really has been. So during this roller coaster of a season, the first 15 games the Yankees played, they went five and ten. The next 32, they went 23 and nine. The next 18, they've been five and three. The next nine, they went seven and two. The next eight, they went one and seven. The next 46, they went 35 and 11. And the last 10, they've gone two and eight. Um. Wow. So I think at this point they're two and nine in their last 11, uh, because I think this was from the day before. But still, I mean, it just goes to show I've been talking about how much of a roller coaster season this is and how unlike the Yankees this really is. Um, And I I don't know if it's really just all on Boone or if it's I mean, a lot of it has to rely on these players or lay on the player's shoulders because they're supposed to be playing a heck of a lot better than they're playing right now. And if guys like Glaber, if guys like. Uh, like DJ LeMahieu, if they can step up and they can be better and perform well, and even even you can even lump Gallo into it. I mean, he hasn't exactly had the best start to his Yankee career, and it's he's never been in this situation before, being being thrust into the the New York media and having to be that guy that they got in the trade that he's he's always liked the Yankees, so he's trying to do more, and I'm sure that's why he's pressing a little bit, but. I mean, and then on top of that, Judge and Stanton are slumping now, too. So this team is never going to win games when the two of them are slumping on top of the rest of the team, aside from Sanchez and and Rizzo, who's starting to pick up the pace a little bit. So you're never going to see a lot of victories when when that's what's going on. Um, I mean, hopefully we can they can turn something around in the series. And I mean, the, the, the next stretch of games they have, they're all against a lot of beatable teams. So. They, they just got to get some momentum going. We'll light some sage and we'll hopefully uh, hopefully be winning and talking about it next week when they're winning a bunch of games. But I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to start going around the league. All right, so the first thing I'm going to get into is our crosstown rivals. The Mets had a little... Uh, issue going on with their they had a thumbs down celebration that started with Baez and Lindor doing it and at this point everyone's heard of it it's I, I'm ho- hopefully I'm not beating a dead horse with all of this but just wanted to give my two cents on it I mean it, it was hilarious uh that's just really last week couldn't have been a worse week for them uh it's it started off with all this and the thumbs down celebration um Baez then went ahead and and did what no athlete usually does and tell the truth and be and be real and said that it was to the fans 
and said that it, it he's tired of getting booed by the fans and and Lindor kind of like said oh what but it, it, these guys haven't even been here for that long like like Baez has been here for a month and and Lindor has been here for this this season and it's like all right but you got to you got to earn your time here before and then once you start to when you lose with the team you lose with the team and the fans but when you win it, it's a lot it's great also and you got to take the good with the bad and it it's just seems like them just being real soft on everything um i mean it, it's just a stupid situation i mean the everyone's being soft that's involved the fans that are offended by this are it, it's crazy they're soft but then on top of that sandy alderson comes out and says that he he releases it on like a weird medium for him to say uh that he's going to talk to the players about this and have a, a meeting about it and this and that and it's like dude really like God, like just making it so public, just say like, just, just come out with a press conference and say, we're going to talk about it or a statement for on like the league's website or whatever, that they're going to take care of it internally. And that's it. Like, don't, don't go and just like, and now they're making it into this whole big thing. Um, and a lot of the players came out and said, it didn't mean anything. Um, like that, like Baez said, but it, Baez is the one that was front and center with it and really kind of stuck it to the fans. And it's absolutely hilarious. Um, it gave them a little bit of a spark though, um, up until the rest of this, this series with the, the Marlins, but it gave them a little bit of a spark and they were winning a little bit and guys were hitting. Um, but it seems like it went off the cliff the past couple games. Um, on top of that, the Mets interim GM got charged with a DWI and now he's placed on administrative leave. And apparently he was leaving Steve Cohen's house, uh, for a party or charity event that they had together. And I just think it's hilarious again, uh, not just cause it's the Mets and their little brother and stuff like that, but it's like, really, you guys can't, do you guys not do care? Like look into the character of these guys you hire for, for a GM. Like you had the guy that was uh, abusing women or, or talking, talking bad to women like that. You have this guy drinking and driving, like what the hell is wrong with you? Like even your manager you hired was, was part of the sign stealing scandal and you, and you, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like this whole regime with, with Sandy Alderson really just isn't working. Uh, he's just not holding the guys accountable the right way, but enough of that. The Red Sox are now still dealing with COVID as Chris Sell tests positive and he needs the 10-day quarantine. Um, this adds to the lengthy list that they also had. They, I hope the Yankees gave it to him. <laughs> uh, they had Christian Arroyo, Matt Barnes, Xander Bogarts, Jaron Duran, Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, and uh, Sawarwarma, Hirozawa, however you pronounce it. I butchered the shit out of it, but I don't care. Um, that's, a, that's a lengthy list. And... Uh, you hate to see it, but um, my fantasy teams are kind of hoping on Chris Sale and kind of sucks that I lose out as a Sunday start. I finally was going to get a, a two-start week out of him, but guy just now he's on it, and I don't know if they can backdate it or whatever or if it's to the first positive to the, the day you had that positive test or not, but he has to quarantine for 10 days, and you hate to see it. Another one 
on staying with the AL East is Wander Franco has a 36 game on base streak. And this is pretty incredible because he's tied for second of guys under 20 having a having these this kind of a streak. He he ties uh, Mickey Mantle, who did it in 1951 and 1952, and he and the number one is Frank Robinson, uh, who had his 43 games back in 1956. So when he was at uh, 35, he tied Hanley Ramirez, uh, who had a longer, a long streak back in 06. And for the Rays, it's the third longest streak. Ben Grieve back in 2001 had 37 and, uh, Johnny Damon in 2011 had 39. So he, he, kids definitely showing his promise now, which is it's good and it's bad. It's good from a baseball standpoint, but as a Yankee fan, I hate it. Same thing with Vlad Guerrero Jr. too on how he how well he's doing in this season. Um, over over uh, Wander Franco's last forty one plate appearances, uh, he he went forty one. Sorry, he went forty one plate appearances without a strikeout and only struck out three times in his last eighty five. And during this stretch, he's forty four uh, for one forty with four home runs, thirty two runs scored, and twenty six RBIs. So he's definitely making a case potentially too for AL rookie of the year, which is crazy to say. I mean, the gig came up in, in June, I think it was, and he's been, he struggled mightily at first and now he's really picked it up and he's definitely a center point, center point for that team. And a reason why they're in first place and the best team in, in the AL. <sighs> hate to see it. I do I hate it, but to talk about some better stuff, uh, some guys are getting some extensions. Charlie Morton got himself a one-year $20 million deal with actually a $20 million club option for a second year uh, from the Braves, which is pretty crazy because up until I thought last year was going to be his last year. He wanted to do it amongst fans. He kind of went – I think he was drafted from the from the Braves then, and that's why he kind of had like a little bit of a homecoming with them. And – now he's extending it. I guess maybe his job's not done and he's got a little bit more mileage left in the arm. But one guy that will be hanging it up is Yadi Molina. He signed a one-year $10 million extension, and for 2022, it will be his last year. Um, I mean, the guy's been around forever. Uh, they just got to get Wainwright back on there with him so they can continue their uh, most uh, games played together because that's pretty crazy. Um Travis Darno, he got himself a two-year, $16 million extension with a club option worth another eight mil. And they just they they've needed the Braves have needed a, a strong presence at catcher after he went down and a lot of their other guys really didn't perform. They they know what they have in him and they know he's he's good at what he does. So it, it's crazy that he's had such a resurgence uh since his time with the Mets and, and everything like that. But also uh, brother-in-law to uh, Garrett Cole is Brandon Crawford. He gets a two-year, $32 million extension, capitalizing off his amazing year that he's having now, a shortstop for the Giants, who also are the first 90-win team of the season, which is incredible. They were the first at 80, first at 90, first at 70, 60, 50, 40. It's, they've just defied all odds and really have just put together a great season. Uh I don't get it. It's it's a mix of of a lot of older guys that really that that recipe doesn't really work and doesn't really taste well. But for them, it's working. And I guess it's you got to give a little bit to uh, to Shiv's old boy over there. But uh, another extension, uh, Jonathan Scope got another 
two year you got a two year extension worth 15 million from the Detroit Tigers. This one was a little bit a while, a little bit of ways ago, but I just wanted to kind of get some some of it out of the way because I was looking up a lot of the guys that got extensions and who might be getting extensions. Um, Lance Lynn he also received a two year 30 million eight million dollar extension with another club option for a third year of 18 million. So he stays with the White Sox. He's been pitching really well with them. He's a Cy Young candidate, so good on him. And the last I wanted to touch on is the Blue Jays are looking to extend Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray. Simeon has just been a revelation with them. He had a really down 2020, came back, and he's done amazing this year for them, for the Blue Jays, and really put together a nice season. Um, and Robbie Ray, I mean, tight pants Robbie Ray is really pitching his mind out too. He's right behind Cole, I think, with like five less strikeouts than him. And it was always for him. It was a struggle with command, and he's really kind of done that uh, slider, uh, slider fastball combo that's really worked for him. Pounding the zone, and it's really like like you've all seen. It, it's working for him, and he's a Cy Young candidate as well. All right. So one last thing I do want to talk about before we finish up our around the league type stuff and move on to the Washington Nationals and who they've received on their trades is the scum human being that is Trevor Bauer. So. A lot of this stuff, a lot of his court case is really kind of done, um, and it seems like MLB is kind of putting together their suspension for him. Naturally, it's taking forever for them to do it, but they just released today that uh, he's going to be gone for the rest of the season. He's done for the year. So on top of that, his administrative leave has been extended. Let's just say that. On top of that, now he's going to face additional suspension. And there's a lot of rumors on where it could go a lot. It's the least I've seen is a year. It could could go up to two. Um, it really seems like this is this is it for him. I mean, it, it, the writing's on the wall. It, I, a lot of teams, they do end up signing a guy like this. And they kind of after a couple of years, everyone kind of starts to forget a little bit. Um, and I mean, time heals all wounds. But I, I just. You're gonna whoever signs him is gonna have that inevitable backlash of when they do sign him, and yeah, it's you you know it'll probably happen. It shouldn't happen. The guy should be done forever. Um, it's, it's just just a, he's a character. He's just really a character. He was doing a lot of good bringing baseball to like the kids and stuff like that, but just what he's been doing lately is just no bueno. It has no place in the game and you really got to show it to everyone to say, listen, you don't, you don't do this. You, you don't do this shit. So my, my money's on, he's going to probably get a year um, on the lower. I'll go on the lower side on it. I think he might get a year suspension and then who, and then someone will probably take a flyer on him, but let's just hope his, his career is over. But, like it, like it always happens. Someone always takes a chance on that guy. But I'll take one last quick break. We'll come back in and I'll let you guys know what I thought about the Nationals acquisitions at the deadline. All right. So now we'll talk about the prospects that the Nationals received at the trade deadline. Been teasing it for a little bit. So the first guy they got was Riley Adams. They got him for Brad Hand. Uh, he's a catching prospect. He has good pop, a decent glove, and not the best at batting average. Um, but, I mean, what catcher really, other than Buster Posey, is really good at batting average? But uh, they probably could have gotten a better prospect back catching-wise from the Jays as they're incredibly deep. But, I mean, they probably took really what they could get. Um, 
And I mean, at the same time, they also, uh, the Blue Jays DFA'd Brad Hand, and now he's since signed with the Mets. But the real catching prospect they got was from the Dodgers. They got Kiebert Ruiz. They also got Josiah Gray, Gerardo Carrillo, and Donovan Casey. So all four of these guys could really become some big leaguers pretty quick. Uh, we've already seen Josiah Gray and Kiebert Ruiz. Um, in the bigs, Kiebert, I mean, he struggled a little bit so far. It's it's really his second kind of taste. He had a little bit of it with the Dodgers, but he is actually getting compared to Buster Posey. So that's it's pretty good. I mean, he's got great power. He's a pure hitter from both sides of the plate, which you don't really see from a catcher. Um, and on top of that, he's a little raw behind the plate. Um, that I mean, that'll come with age. He's still a young kid. So with good coaching, he could definitely improve and, and be their catcher for the future. So his battery mate is Josiah Gray. He's already been pitching for the Dodgers and still pitching for the uh, the Nationals now. He's been a little up and down. Um, he had a, a very good start against Miami. But then again, who really doesn't have good starts against Miami? Um, and he had a couple bad starts against the Mets and the Phillies. But he he's a kid. He's he needs some time to kind of get his like sea legs under him and get some some innings at the major league level. Um, so he he's definitely going to be a great great pitcher. Uh, his accuracy is drawn comps to Marcus Stroman. He has a mid to upper nineties uh, fastball, and he's a great athlete in himself too. He's got two plus breakers and a changeup that he's working on also. So he's already got a three pitch mix and expanding to a fourth pitch, which is what you really want to see from a starting pitcher. Also, his floor is very high and his ceiling is going to be amazing to watch. It'll suck for Shiv. It'll suck for all the Met fans out there. But Josiah Gray is definitely going to be a good prospect for them going forward. Uh, Carrillo, on the other hand, is a flamethrower throwing a hundred. Um, he could probably end up settling in as a reliever. Um, he did start a little bit, not to great success, but, um, his breakers are very good. And obviously he has a hundred mile an hour fastball. Um, and he has a good pitch mix in terms of speed. He's really able to throw guys off with, with that, the velocity changes that he does with his breakers versus his fastball. So uh, either way, the guy settles in, whether it's a reliever or a starter, he's definitely going to be pretty good for them as well. And Donovan Casey, uh, he was, I guess, more of the throw-in. Uh, not exactly the strongest uh, guy. He has a plus arm and, and good speed. He could play all three outfield spots, but he's probably more of like a placeholder until their rebuild is over. Um, but you never know. He could be a late bloomer. He could be – they could catch some lightning in a bottle like the Yankees have done with some of the outfielders that they've uh, acquired. But uh, the, with the Red Sox, they got Aldo Ramirez in exchange of Kyle Schwarber. So Ramirez, he's still a few years away. Uh, he's a good starter, probably towards the back end of their rotation. And it's very, very good command. He just hasn't had many reps at the minor league level and just really needs to kind of get his feet wet and get some innings on his arm. I mean, no, no minor leaguers really pitched much lately. So, um, yeah, he'll, he'll definitely be another guy in their rotation. You'll see down the line, probably roughly 2023, but. In exchange for Daniel Hudson, they got Mason Thompson and Jordy Barley. Bar Jordy Barley. Barley is a shortstop. Thompson's a right-handed pitcher. Thompson is a fucking unit. He's 6'7", 223, and has an explosive fastball, and his breakers are nasty. So 
he just needs to work on his control and keeping balls in the park. But I mean, which minor league pitcher really doesn't need to do that? Um, he's a triple A and, and probably will settle in as a reliever and could help them as soon as next year. So Barley is more of a speedy infielder, um, kind of a journeyman. He's been, or not really journeyman because he hasn't really been anywhere, but he's been in single A for the past five years. Runs like, Rob- uh, hits like Robles and runs like Trey. So if he could ever get his stuff together and kind of get himself further up in the minors and eventually get into the, the major league roster, he could be a infielder that's kind of like a Tyler Wade type player, maybe playing a few different infield positions, kind of giving you some speed off the bench or something like that, or on an off day when, when guys need some time to rest. But from the A's in exchange for Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison, they got Drew Milas or Milas, uh, Seth Schumann and uh, Richard Gauch. Schumann and Gauch, those are right-handed pitchers, and and Milas or Milas is a catcher. Um, they're just more of depth pieces, just to kind of restock their minors. Um, Milas was the only prospect that was really on Oakland's top thirty. Um, so overall, uh, what I feel like what they've gotten is a pretty good haul. Um, it kind of stocks their upper minors as well as gives them some depth in the in the lower minors as well. Um, and they don't have any a lot of guys coming back, so they they have the option next year that they could really get these guys into the lineup. Um, I don't know about much into the into the rotation as they just really have uh, they have Corbin, who's really been a shell of himself this season, and Steven Strasburg uh, for a few for a few more years. Strasburg's under contract for four. Uh, Corbin's uh, on under contract for three. Strasburg really probably isn't going to pitch much next season. Corbin, I mean, these guys really could really stick into the rotation now that I think about it. But um, that's really what they got for them right now. So hopefully these guys get some seasoning. Uh, some of these guys in the in the lineups they can put around. Uh, uh, Soto can really help protect Soto, but they, they, there's more work to be done. Um, this is definitely the nice start of the process for them. And they, they still have money now they have a lot of money that came off the books um and they they can spend if they really want to going into next season and kind of put themselves in a spot i mean it's tough because they're a rebuilding team or they're just starting to rebuild now they have soto so they can lure guys with soto but at the same time are there really going to be many players lining up to endure a couple years before they could actually start winning especially with how good the the braves are how good the mets can be what's looming the monster looming in the Marlins and that rotation and the lineup that they could potentially put together if they decide to start to spend a little bit and, and even, and Shiv's Phillies too. I mean, I feel like Shiv's Phillies are, are half and half. Like they could, they could go either way where they blow it all up and they start a rebuild or they can go ahead and, and kind of double down and spend a little bit more to get some, some better players around Harper and, and Didi and, and, and the likes of them. But that's it for that stuff with the Nationals. Um, one last thing I did want to touch base on um, just kind of before I ended the episode is there's a lot of CBA stuff going on. Um, they had the uh, something leaked saying that the owners have suggested a universal free agent age of 29 and a half instead of uh, having like arbitration and things like that. There'll be a billion dollars um, that'll be spread throughout the players at undisclosed amounts or something like that, or undisclosed increments, which is kind of stupid. Uh, I think the best thing for, for all of them 
for all of baseball would really be a universal draft. Uh, you get the Asian countries, the Latin American countries, Australia, Europe, everyone get into it. Throw your prospects amongst the guys that are getting drafted from from college teams. Put them all together and have a giant draft, kind of like the way the NBA does it. Let these let these players give them a a six year contract or something like that, um, or maybe give them an extra if they're in high school or something or a lot younger, like the Latin American guys tend to be. Maybe it's an extra year or two to get them so that they can develop because obviously with baseball, they're not, it's not like football. It's not like basketball where they're kind of ready to go and, and play. They need some time to, to adjust to everything. So it would be cool to see that. And that's what I think they should do uh, with everything. And at that point too, I mean, if you have those six years of the guys, they get incremental salary bonuses or something like that uh, from uh, not necessarily arbitration, but, I guess something like arbitration where they do get more money, but it's only once they reach the major league level towards the tail end of their contracts. I I really haven't nailed down exactly what I would want to see, but a a universal draft is definitely one of them. And I think they should have a contract that goes for a certain amount of time to give them a chance to get to the the majors. And then they reach free agency where they could get an extension a lot sooner and kind of cash in. I mean, it'll help some players like, like a guy is like, cause more guys that are coming up, younger than ever before, like Sotos and things like that, where they're they're getting screwed from this arbitration process and they they have the opportunity that they could make a lot of money, but they're not able to do it because the team doesn't want to give them a long contract and they don't want to um get get into the they, they, it's just weird. It's just a weird time. Um plus I mean this it's it's definitely gonna be a weird, weird thing with the CBA expiring and stuff like that. And hopefully I'll have Shiv on that we can, me and him can kind of talk about it together on, on what we think the best practices are or what could happen. And hopefully we're not facing against the lockout, but um, one last thing too. I mean, it's September 11th tomorrow, uh, Saturday, which is, it's going to be a day of remembrance for everyone. It's 20 years. It's crazy. Um, I just remember being in seventh grade and, and hearing on the loudspeakers that the, the twin towers were, were hit and it was just a, it was just crazy. Um, there was rumors going around all day that um, a plane flew into the, into the world trade center, into one of the towers or the two towers. And, and no one knew really what was going on because they didn't have the TVs and, and no one had smartphones then when it happened. So a lot of us were kind of left in the dark. And then it was really weird when I got home and my mother was home and she had the news on and I'm seeing what's going on for the first time. And it was just, it was, it's crazy. It's it's crazy that that has been twenty years now, um, and just also too like wh- wh- if, whether you think it was a conspiracy or not, like just just let people remember the way they don't they want to remember. Don't go out and say it was it was this or it was that. Like it it was a it was a time of hardship for everyone, and we all it, it brought a, it brought everyone together. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. Um, everyone, you weren't a Republican, you weren't a Democrat, you, everyone was an American and it was a great time that we all were, we wasn't a great time, but it was a a time that we all came together and it was great because of that. Um, the world was never the same or the United States, I should say, was never the same since then. Um, and let's just hope we can all kind of come together this weekend and just enjoy some baseball. Hopefully the Yankees and the Mets can kind of put something together to give us something to watch. Um, 
But I think that's it for the episode. You can find me on Twitter at Smidley Diddley. Uh, I'll catch you next time on the next one. And thank you for listening and come join the connection. Thank you.